0: Hey everyone, my name is Garrett Lamb, and this is Young Fundamentalist, helping build up Christians through convicting and inspiring thoughts from God's Word, striving together to help improve our love for God and our love for others. Hey everyone, this is your host Garrett Lamb, and this is Young Fundamentalist, and today I'm super excited, it's been a long time trying to get him on here, and uh, we finally got our uh, waves on the same length, and uh, we are going to have a special guest today. And he's a missionary to Kenya and uh, has a great fervor for the truth and uh, puts out many YouTube videos. And God's blessed him with a, a ministry there with over 100,000 subscribers. And uh, we have missionary Spencer Smith on the podcast today. Brother Spencer, good to have you.
1: Thank you, man. Glad to be on here with you.
0: Yeah, we're great to have you. And uh, we're just going to talk a few minutes about you and, and uh, just explain today. Um, You came to know the Lord.
1: Yeah, uh, I was an 18 year old kid, grew up in the public schools of Metro Atlanta, never gone to church anywhere before in my life and had never been a part of uh, you know anything resembling Christianity. I mean, we the only thing I knew, like I, I was in the chorus in high school and they would sing at the big Southern Baptist church every year. And that's really about all that I knew and mm-hmm. then uh, somebody invited me to come play a game of flag football at, at uh, Peachtree Road Baptist Church in Swanee, Georgia when I was 18, and when I was there, they witnessed to me, and God dealt with my heart and uh, drew me to himself, and I, man, I got saved that night. It was wonderful, and uh, my life's been completely different ever since. I have, uh, oh, just my desires changed, and like that old song "The things I used to do. I don't do them anymore. <laughs> amen, So amen, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's been my story, and and I'm sticking to it. Amen. So yeah, good,
0: <laughs> good. The most exciting thing is your, your salvation testimony, you know, yeah. and uh, that is the greatest day that anybody could live and uh, talk a little bit about your ministry. I know you have more of a unique ministry than, than most people would think of when they think about being a preacher, but kind of explain um, what all your ministry is and uh, everything that you do.
1: Well, I'm I'm involved in several different things but uh you know mainly what I try to do is I try to we we work with uh, national pastors in Kenya and that's always been my heart trying to just help those guys and establish uh them and help plant churches with nationals and uh we've been doing that over 13 years now and uh, I don't ever see a day in, in the future where I ever stop doing that but um <clears throat> but the Lord has really really I've been kind of doing YouTube videos here and there and the Mm -hmm. Lord really blessed them. And I put out a book calling evil good, the live Christian rock and roll because of just because of the experiences I had in Africa and how I could see all the witchcraft and stuff and how that was really being played in churches today Mm -hmm. and uh, the connection between the two. And so I put out a book on that calling evil good, the live Christian rock and roll. And I said, you know, let's just, let's make some videos about it on YouTube talk about these subjects. And, um, and that really just took off. I mean, I went from, Oh, probably you know about a thousand subscribers to today I'm sitting here looking at about hundred and six, probably about hundred seven by by tomorrow and mm-hmm. uh and it's just it's just been crazy what the Lord has done I have people all over the world contact me and that but uh but you know i I basically you know make YouTube videos dealing with a lot of contemporary theological issues, things like that, and then also uh I do that in addition to helping nationals in Kenya plant churches
0: yeah, and that's great, and I was gonna actually bring up your book calling Evil Good. And uh, that's a great book. And uh, talk a little bit more in depth on on really the things that you deal with in that book. There.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, very. Um, you know, years ago, I, I I heard. See, I got saved in 2001, and Casting Crowns and you know Michael W. Smith were taken off. I think. Um. I'm. I, I. You know, there was there were several. Third Day was a big deal back back then. They're not so mm-hmm. much anymore. Uh, but you know, I'd hear, I, I knew in my heart just somehow that was just conforming to the world. Romans 12, 1 and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew there was a violation of that. Um, and second Corinthians six, I knew it was kind of that, but I didn't really understand all the nuts and bolts of it. And it kind of just drove me crazy really. Cause, um, uh, most of the Baptist preachers that I heard deal with it, all they would say was just, you know, them boys up there with them skinny jeans ain't right with the Lord. And I thought, <laughs> well okay maybe let's say that is true okay yeah yeah Um, is, is it the skinny jeans that doesn't make them right with god uh you know, um, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't think that was it. I didn't, I wouldn't uh, base the entirety of my doctoral position against that music based on skinny jeans or whatever, because some of that mm-hmm. can be subjective and you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't think that was a real strong case. So I started digging into it a little bit and I found out that, um, that the people that were into this, many of them had no clear testimony of even being saved. Um, people like, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't even think Amy Grant had a good testimony. Uh, the big one now that was out was Lauren Daigle. And I, I mm-hmm. just, I could not find a clear testimony that, that like, if she was sitting down with me wanting to join my church and I was a pastor and I said, tell me how you got saved. The answers that she would put in videos bothered me. And I thought that, I, I, that just, there's something missing from this. Yeah. And a lot of these people that are out there, um, that are into this, I think some of them are well-meaning. Um, but I think that there is a doctrinal um, foundational teachings and truths that they're into that I, I think are heretical. And I think that makes them modernistic from from that standpoint. And uh, and I wanted to expose all that. And not only that, um, just the record companies being behind it and that they have found out that this makes a lot of money. Yeah. And so they basically, um, and their job is to sell as many records to as many different demographics of people as they can. And so you know you got the people that want the religious words, and you got people who want the rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's let's make rock music. Let's make religious music. But then let's let's try to meet that crowd in the middle that wants religious words to rock music. Let's right. just blend it. And uh, and they just basically created a new genre of music, and it was wildly successful. And so they started feeding this and searching for talent and whatever. And I put all that in my book um and basically the the thesis is is that contemporary christian music is not it's not christian in its origin it's not based out of local churches it's not being born uh, and produced by born-again people uh this is nothing more than a um if you if you to use the baseball analogy Mm -hmm. okay secular pop secular rap all your big names you know your little waynes 50 cents and all that stuff you know your puff daddies all that that's the major leagues well the minor leagues is your LaCraze and, mm-hmm. um, all these other guys that that's who they are. And, the, and all they're doing is they're, they're using Christian music as a stepping stone into mainstream secular, big fame, big fortune stuff. And I, and I give several examples of that in the book. Uh, people don't realize this, but Beyonce Knowles is one, mm. um, yeah. Beyonce Knowles, you know, the, uh, when I was in high school, she came out with destiny's child. And those three girls were, were Methodist from Houston. It was a, it was actually a quartet of ladies ended up being a trio. And then, and then Beyonce went solo and became who she is today. Um, but it was, a, it was a group of Methodist uh, African Methodist girls. Mm-hmm. And they got them together, realized that there was a lot of talent here and their mother started traveling with them and, and kind of creating a circuit. And then they just blew up and went into the mainstream and, and, and they're doing songs. There's, um, there's one album, I think it's, uh, um, I'm a survivor where they'll sing songs about lewd, grotesque, sexual stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. just raunchy music that, you know, I mean, th- I mean, they were Cardi B before Cardi B was Cardi B yeah. and, and, and raunchy stuff. And then the next track on the song is amazing grace. How sweet this sound that saved a wretch like me. And, uh, hmm. and I'm just like, something, something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so we expose all that. There's actually a lot of uh, demonic occultic things going on. And, uh, and I think, I think the, you know, it, 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 to expose that, I think what's happening is I think the devil is trying his very best not to attack the church, but to join the church. Yeah. Uh, and destroy it from the inside. And that's why I, I really think that's why the Lord placed such an emphasis, especially the apostle Paul. On beware the false teachers, keep mm. them out, separate from them, because it, it's not that God wants a big church; it's that God wants a pure church.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: And uh, and I think that's where you know a lot of people today just want size, big, big, big. Uh, but God says, uh, you know, our our works will be tried according to the sort, not the size. Yeah and so i think that's where a lot of people miss it today and uh, and really um i think pragmatism is really what drives a lot of this contemporary stuff today because you know what what do we got to do to reach the young people let's find anything that works as long as it works it's right yeah and so they say well let's bring in a christian rapper because mm. these kids like rap and you know and and kids will come hear that rap music and and they think well we've done the work of god because we got people into a building And uh, and sadly, I just don't think that's the case, right?
0: And brother Spencer, even growing up in a Christian home, you know, good Christian school, Christian parents, you know, everything that I was raised in was great. But sometimes, you know, even in the preaching that would hear at camps and different things, they would talk about music and they would just say, "Oh, well, it's wrong." And I think what people are drawn to Mm -hmm. with your videos is you explain why it's wrong. You know, sometimes we can be told this is wrong and this and wrong and it is wrong but we need to know why it's wrong you know what i mean and we need to know the ins and outs of of why this is something that we need to avoid and we really need to expose um yes. and that it's it is not it is not pure and holy it's not something that we ought to be listening to it's not something that is a sweet savor to the lord for him to look down on and and with that you know i know you you probably get a lot of good positive feedback, but there's also probably comes, you know, I've seen, you've had videos and things where people criticize, um, the things that you do and, and as a, you know, even as a a pastor or a missionary or an evangelist or, or, you know, whatever you might be in ministry, um, there's people that are going to criticize you and kind of give us some thoughts on how you handle that criticism and what's the best way to, to keep your spirit right, but to handle that criticism for yourself personally in the right way.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic question because um, the more time goes on, the darker the world's going to get and the harder it is is going to be to say things like this. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's just one of those things that you you have got to nail this down. And, and part of the reason I was making the videos was not just for other people, but also for me. I, I wanted to know why and, right. and have a conviction about it, not just a preference, a conviction Um, People all the time like to attack, you know, conservative Baptist people say, you know, you just argue your preferences. Well, no, when I can show you when I can when I can read you right off the page of Helena Blavatsky's book, The Secret Doctrine, saying that this is what we're doing in churches. We're spreading this uh, this Gnostic mysticism in churches. And here's how we're doing. And I can show you exactly that being done today. Then that's not a preference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, we can argue over preferences and and whatever. But this this is a conviction of mine. This is something that if you put a gun to my head and tell me to recant this position, I'd tell you to pull the trigger because I can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that's that's one of the things that you're going to have to do because you will be challenged. You will be. Um, you know, there's going to be people, Jezebel people, especially a lot of Jezebel women are going to come after you and say, you're just mean. And, and, and cause that's how they operate everything in their life. They just rant and rave and you're just hateful. Oh my God, you're just, you're just so unloving. And they, and they play that card constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and you just have to have it nailed down that, no, this is what God said. And, and that'll help you. Another thing that'll help you is just lots of times, you know, just, Realize who you're. Who's talking? Consider the source. Yeah. Uh, there are people online that hate me, and they and and they're, um, you know, so I, I would say some of them are saved, and I was most of them probably are not. But uh, uh, and I'm I'm not saying that if you disagree with me, you're not saved. I'm not saying that, but a lot of these people that that do disagree with me, I I would say a number of them are saved, mm-hmm. but they they're so bitter, they're so you're going to see it in their spirit that they're they're sour people they're hateful people and everything they say is sour and hateful and so if they turn that sour hatefulness on you it's not it really is just it's not because of what you did it's just because that's how they are yeah and so you have to consider that stuff as well um also you have to consider that especially with like you know hillsong and bethel uh, this stuff is not the Holy Ghost that is working in their hearts. This is a satanic spirit. Right. Um, I've likened it to a drug. This is th- these people are basically crack heads and their their drug is Hillsong. Mm. And so, you know, if you, if you were to walk into some crack house there in Chicago and go in there and start grabbing everybody's drugs and, and just say, this is all mine, they'd kill you. Yeah. yeah. And they would they would murder you and you would not leave that building without a major fight on your hand. And, and in a sense, that's when I say this is wrong and I try to show you why it needs to be out of your life. They react that way. And and I I get it. And, and that really helps me to not take it personal because it's not it's not that I have done something wrong because you second guess yourself a lot. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's not that I've done something wrong. It's just that th- that's these people are these people are crackheads on, on this spiritual crack and, and it has so they've become so addicted to it that when you try to try to take it from them, it's like they, their eyes roll in the back of their head, they become like a great white shark and they just start gnawing at everything They you know, they just, they, they just go crazy. <laughs> and so that, that helps me with that. Um, and then also, you know, really have to realize the devil's behind it too. And the devil, uh, he'll attack all oh, he, he will, he will not play fair um you know they'll they'll spread rumors about you they'll spread lies about you um and and you know if you if you deal if you stand for god let's just say you're a young fundamental Baptist kid and you go off and you pe- take a church or youth pastor or something like that and you stand for god with the right spirit and your character's in order you're not a jerk mm-hmm. you're not um you're not harsh and you know because some of these guys go out there they they basically i mean you know act like Antilla the Hun and they have the spirit of, you know, some horrible human being. Mm-hmm. And, and then people, people, there's some backlash to that. And they say, well, that's what happens when you stand for God. Well, that's not, no, you were just a jerk. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you get out there, you stand for God, you live for what's right. You stand for what's right. And, and you, you did it in the right spirit. The devil will take notice and he will have people say things about you that just isn't so. Mm-hmm. And if you can lay your head on that pillow at night and say, you know what, I, I know this is what God showed me. I know this is where God is on this. And I, I, know, I know God led me to say that, to do that. Um, then you can live with yourself. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and you don't have any regrets. I mean, you know, Paul went to Lystra and, and preached. And, man, they stoned him, drug his dead body out of the city and left him for dead. And then towards the end of the chapter there in the book of Acts, he went right back to the city and preached again. But did Paul do something wrong? Was Paul, you know, a narrow-minded bigot fundamentalist going down there spewing off hate speech? Or was he, Was he a you know, some IFB abuser? Well, no, he wasn't. You know, he was just a guy that got oh, out there preaching and, that's, and and Satan rallied right. people against him. And so, you know, just because you get attacked, just because there's backlash doesn't mean you did anything wrong. And uh, I think it was Billy Kelly years ago, Some he was a big name evangelist back in early nineties, late eighties. If I remember correctly, uh, he said the world was backwards, but one day God's going to mm-hmm. turn it all around. And so, you know, we, we go preach, you know, you preach that two plus two is four in a world that believes two plus two is five, then you're the weirdo, but that doesn't yeah. mean you're wrong. Right. And so that's, uh, that's just something that people, you know, especially young men today, um, just, you know, and, and I know, uh, I know where you're coming from. I, I you know, I, I understand your spiritual heritage and I, you know, I identify very closely with mm-hmm. where you guys are. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to yeah. be a challenge and your character, as far as, you know, just living upright, being a kind person, being a gracious man is going to go a long way to prevent, um, you know, people saying things yeah. against you. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's really, that's really what's going to have to happen in the upcoming days. A lot of preachers are going to have to really get sweet and not be bitter, not, not get bitter in a yeah. bitter world.
0: <laughs> and that that was just a fantastic, fantastic answer. And, you know, there, there's so many, so many times I've I've heard that same exact phrase. You got to be nice. You got to be kind. You don't want to offend anybody. And, you know, that's just, that's just not the characters that I read in the Bible. You know, I don't think they were looking to offend people, but sometimes the truth you know, it does hurt. And, uh, and you have to speak yeah. the truth and, uh, and you,
1: Yeah, and I, and I think some people yeah. need to be offended. Yeah, I, I think they do. And I think there's a place for that, but, uh, right. but that's not the right. goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, uh, let's, let's jump into the scripture in second Corinthians chapter number six and I'm going to read verses 14 through 18. It says, be not, be not unequally yoked together with the unbelievers what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what co- uh, communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be our uh, be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters," saith the Lord Almighty. And the topic we really want to talk about today, from the Scripture, is taking a biblical stand in modern Christianity. And we, as we've already kind of discussed, you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people that say that right is wrong and wrong is right, and and we have to be able to take a biblical stand and know what that stand is, and 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 more particular in in the realm of music, as we've already kind of touched on, you know, brother Spencer, that's just, let's just bring it down to the nuts and bolts of it. You know, what are, what are some key elements when you're looking for biblical music?
1: Well, I, normally I just consider Mm -hmm. the source and uh, you know, if, if Hillsong gets up and knowing what I know about Hillsong and their beliefs about certain doctrinal positions, um, you know, if they get up and they write a song that's halfway okay, it still doesn't make it okay. And, uh, and so I try to consider the source on that kind of stuff. I also try to consider the style of the song, um, because I think that is important if, if, a, if a song has okay words, but I mean, it, it's just some, it's like, sounds like Norwegian death metal, then it's probably not something good that it's going to help us be right. spiritual. Um, so that's, I consider the source, I consider style, I also consider the substance of the song. Uh, Because there are songs out there that are, that are kind of, they're kind of in the, in the, it's not really black and white. They're kind of in that gray, but it's so shallow. And it's just, Oh, I feel good. Oh, Jesus loves me. Oh, and that, and that's really all it is. And it's, it's really a bunch of nothing. And so I consider the source, the style and the substance of a song. And if all three of those are okay, then I'm pretty well okay with the song. But lots of times um, these you know and that's that's why i'm telling folks that you you need to check out these people before you start start printing out choir music and having your choir sing songs (laughs) you know because it may sound good and uh, and you may be able to put it on a piano and uh you know tone it down to where it's it's you know at least somewhat acceptable uh but I, i i'm very hesitant to uh to associate with certain people. And here, here's the example I use. Okay. Let's just say somebody, some immoral person, like mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner. Okay. The guy who invented Playboy magazine and just a raunchy All human right. being. Okay. Let's just say just somewhere out of nowhere. He just wrote a song about how, you know, God's grace is sufficient. It's been so good. Oh, I love it. It's just been wonderful. And and he wrote this song, put it in print. W- would you sing that song? I, I right. would just because of who he is. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and that's, that's something I always try to take into consideration. So, but just because a song gives you some sort of high religious euphoric experience and it makes you feel good, that doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. And that's one thing, especially with my study of occultism and, you know, false spirits, things, Eastern mysticism, that kind of stuff. That is what they go for. And just because they're singing about Jesus does not mean they're singing about the same Jesus. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, I've heard a lot of people in some of the realm that I'm in, you know, they they do listen to contemporary music and they don't see anything wrong with it or or the grace movement and uh, with some of them they've tried to use the argument they say, you know, some of the best Christians that I know listen to to this music and how do you how do you convince somebody or show somebody biblically biblically, you know, that just because that music is you know, just because you know somebody that listens to that music that's a good person, that doesn't make it a good good style of music to listen to.
1: Well, okay. Um, some of the best Christians I know listen to this. Well, how mm-hmm. do you define that? And how do you what what parameters is that is that uh, you know, because I will tell you this, brother. I, see I grew up going to concerts. i you know, I was a member of the Walk This Way Club, the Aerosmith uh fan club. I've sat on the front row of rock concerts, uh I've met Steven Tyler twice um you know so i mean i i've been in the secular music Mm -hmm. world and um and and i'm telling you the nicest people you'll ever meet are the people that go to death Mm -hmm. metal concerts they're the they're the sweetest if if you if you were hurting like if you fell down walking into a metallica concert and you broke Mm -hmm. your leg those people would do everything they could to help you they're the sweetest people in the world And, and I mean that, I mean, I'm, I've, I've seen that these people are wonderful. They're nice. And, you know, they're, they're not, they're not a bunch of hateful, you know, like if you fell down and broke your nose in front of a big crowd, they wouldn't all laugh at you. They'd be, they would be very compassionate, but that doesn't mean they're right with the Lord. And that does not mean they're saved. And so the thing is, uh, there's a, there's a big difference between people who are spiritual and people who are filled with the Holy ghost. Okay, and that's the problem today is that there's a lot of people out there who believe in a generic spiritism. I actually have a whole Mm -hmm. chapter in my book on this. There's a generic spiritism that's out there where people do believe in a higher power, but they don't they don't narrow it down to Jesus Christ being the only way to heaven, which means that this generic spiritualism is taking over the world, but it's not Bible based Mm -hmm. Christianity. And so, I, I mean, I'll tell you this you go, go, g- just get on Google Maps right now. And anywhere you live, anybody who listens to this, get on Google Maps right now, type in yoga studio and get on the phone with the yoga t- instructor. That will be the most wonderful person you've ever talked to. I mean, they're they're sweet. They're loving. They're 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 so they have such a gentle spirit about them, and they're just oh, I would love to see you come in. Oh, it'd be so great to see you. Uh, that we that, yeah, we'd love that. And those people would never you'd never have crosswords with those people. But that doesn't right. mean they're right with God. It doesn't mean they're good Christians. It doesn't mean they're saved. It doesn't mean anything. So when you say that kind of stuff, you have to. You have to be. You have to strictly stick with the biblical definition of what a good Christian is. And I guess I would just say Galatians 5, people that have the fruit of the Spirit, and also people that are bearing fruit and bringing people to Christ. And uh, so some of that stuff is subjective, and we have to be strict literalists and biblicists when it comes to yeah. defining things like that. And in the
0: scripture that, that we read, you know, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the uncle- unclean thing, and I will receive you. you. know, How do you separate yourself enough from the world— but yet have a balance, you know, of a welcoming spirit of restoration. I think in, in our Christian realm, sometimes, you know, people make mistakes or, or people do mess up and they go in the world, but yet we don't have a spirit of, of restoration and, and bringing them back. But we also can't let that sin and, and those wrong things in. And so how do we have a good spirit of restoration and, and balance that with separation from the world?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we've got to have compassion for people because, you know, if, if it hadn't been for the grace of God, you yeah. and I'd be in the same spot. And we have to never forget that. And, you know, the prodigal son story, you know, there was the son who stayed home, but he was mm-hmm. he was a Pharisee in his heart. And it's it's very easy to become pharisaical if you stand for what's right, because you, you it becomes a point of pride. You know, you could you could be right and still be yeah. wrong. And and that's what the Pharisees were. They're like, well, wait a minute, Jesus, the law says you can't do this on the Sabbath, and you're sitting right. here doing this. And I can imagine. I mean, uh, Jesus went into the temple on the Sabbath and walked in there and took the showbread off the altar and started to eat it, which was like, like high, like that was a felony. That was something deserving the <laughs> yeah. electric chair. And it it tore the Pharisees to pieces when they saw that. And and I guess coming from the point of a Pharisee, I, I guess I could understand right. why they thought that. But then he explained himself and says, you know, I mean, uh, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then he gave the illustration, if uh, if uh, if your donkey falls into a pit on the Sabbath, you just leave it there. I mean, OK. So uh, and there's a lot there to be said. But um, but this we, we don't ha- we're not separated from the world because we, mm-hmm. we're better than the world. We're separated from the world because we. Want to be true to God, but also we understand that we can't help the world mm. by being just like right. the world. And so, and so, if if you know, I don't I don't separate from alcohol because I think I'm better than alcoholics. I separate from alcohol because I can't help an alcoholic mm-hmm. if I'm drunk myself. Okay, and that's why we do this. We don't do it because we're better than them. We do it because we can't help them right. if we're just like them. And so it's kind of like if you think of a physical trainer, if you you know, if you got a guy who's 30 pounds overweight and wants to go lose weight, he goes to the gym and tries to hire a personal trainer, um, you know, that guy's personal trainer needs to be fit himself. He needs to be living it. He needs to know what he's talking about. And I don't think anybody's going to hire a physical trainer to uh help them lose weight if this guy's some 600-pound dude on an right. oxygen tank in a wheelchair. You know, I don't I just don't think that's going to that's helpful. And so that's that's why we separate from this stuff because it, we have to be true to of course true to god but then also be able to help those who want to get out of it themselves and that's that's really why we do it and it's very easy to develop a pharisaical spirit uh and that's why you know separation is twofold is from the world and under god maybe maybe it's the opposite way around under god and from the world and i think we we emphasize so heavily separation from the world without being separated yeah. unto god And there's a lot of women out there that they wear, I mean, they're Amish, man. They will wear skirts to the floor and, and, you know, their ankle has not seen the light of day ever. But they're mean, nasty gossips and they're filled with Satan and they're just nasty people. Okay, they're not spiritual because it's all separation from the world. It's not any separation under the Lord. And so I just think there's a natural progression. We draw nigh to God. God draws nigh to us. And it is very hard to be fleshly. Yeah. Whenever you're that yeah. way.
0: And you know, it, like exactly what you just said with draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. You know, we we have to take that first step. It says draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And we have to take that step of, of mm-hmm. we need to study and know God more and God's gonna reveal things to us. You know, God will show us He's not a, He's not gonna be a mystery. You know, sometimes we have to study to show ourselves approved, but God will show us what's right and what's wrong. And who we ought to be and, and the Christians we ought to be. And, uh, and Brother Spencer, I, I really, yes. really appreciate all the information you gave us. We could talk, man, I think for days on some of these things, and we might have to have you on in a second time. And if you haven't, if you haven't went and watched his video, Spencer Smith, you type it into YouTube, it'll come right up. Um, he's got a website, Missionary Spencer Smith. He's also on social medias and his book, We Talked About Calling Evil Good. Highly recommend that. And in closing today, Brother Spencer, I just want you to give maybe a short, you know, challenge or what's your drive and your, your, your whole, you know, life you push towards and maybe a challenge for other people that you could give to them.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, I just, I just want to be a light in the world for the Lord. That's what I want to be. And, um, you know, my time in Africa has really just, I mean, I would see things in Africa that were cultic, that were witchcraft. And then I'd come over here to America and I see the exact same thing, except it was harder to spot because it just had so much production value behind it. And uh, and it was it was a very cunning thing. And I think in these last days, I'm very passionate about the fact that God is being so misrepresented. And, and a lot of people say, well, you know, why don't you just why don't you just preach the gospel and leave all that other stuff alone? Well, OK, the identity of who Jesus Christ is, is an absolute essential core element of the gospel. OK, how that Christ at first Corinthians 15, how that Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture, and he was buried and rose again. Well, a lot of people today are preaching right. the wrong Jesus and they're preaching a new way. And they don't even know it, but they're preaching mm. Hinduism yeah, from the pulpits. And they're, they're preaching that Jesus was a great teacher, a great man. He's, he's loving and kind. And that's really just all he is. And that I mean, the mm. Buddhists believe that. And so it really, it's not, It's it, this isn't about music. It's, it's about, it's about doctrine yeah. and it's about who God is. And so if you want to, if you want to be ridiculous and say, that's a preference, then God bless you. I don't know if I can help you, but if, if I believe it's about the identity of God, who is Christ. And if we can figure that out and go to the Bible and realize who he is and get a good look at him and identify him and knowing well enough that when we when we see the fake one, we we can we can tell mm-hmm. the difference instantly. Then then you'll understand why yeah. th- what this is all about. And until then, I don't know. I, until then, a lot of people are just going to miss the point and say, "Well, he just arguing preferences, and that's just all legalism, whatever." It, it's not. It, it's yeah. about who God is, and that's what I want yeah. the world. To and that's know the goal for God
0: all of us as Christians is is to know who God is, and uh, we have to have. Those meetings, just like we look in in the book of Genesis with Jacob, he had that meeting with God face-to-face, and I hope that you've had that meeting with God Mm face-to-face. But, Spencer, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate the time that you took for being on here.
1: Amen, buddy. And if you folks out there, check out our YouTube channel. Go watch our documentary, Third Adam, and we have a Third Adam 2 as well. So go enjoy that. I highly recommend
0: that you go and do that as well. Thanks for joining the podcast, and you have a great day in Jesus.